Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Next time somebody says, St. Louis, what's St. Louis got? Well, it seemed appropriate as I was roaming St. Louis this week to stop into a soccer pub. Today is the start of the World Cup, just a little over a half, an hour and a half from now. It only comes around every four years, and St. Louis loves its soccer. This week, I am at the Amsterdam Tavern on Morgan Ford in the Tower Grove South neighborhood. I am with Billy and Jeff. We're going to talk about the history of this tavern. And, of course, the World Cup is upon us, so we'll get to that as well. To begin with, guys, how did the Amsterdam come about originally? Well, it was... uh... A couple of friends and I had an idea to open a bar, um, and they wanted to open a soccer bar. They both played collegiately, and uh, they'd worked for USA Soccer, and were just real involved in soccer. So this space came available, and we sat down and talked about it, and we opened up a soccer bar. And at the time, that was what, 14, 15 years ago? 2008. Okay, yep. so at that time, I've been following soccer my whole life since like 1982. So I'm very aware of the U.S. presence in soccer and when fan involvement started. And around that time, it really started picking up. But the 2010 World Cup right. was huge. So I guess you kind of struck while the iron was hot in a sense. Yeah, we did. 2010 World Cup was when we looked at each other and knew that we made it. We... After the first, like, three days of the 2010 World Cup, we were like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. I mean, we had lines out the door. We, you know, we just had no idea what to expect, and it was it was incredible. That was when we knew, okay, this is it. We're going to be around for a long time. And why was it called the Amsterdam Tavern? We, we were looking around for a name. We liked, there was a bar at the time called the Dubliner here. And we liked that name, that kind of European-centric name and, you know, something that would have to do with soccer. And we were just all big fans of Amsterdam and, you know, Holland's got a great team. So we thought, you know, Amsterdam Tavern. At the time it sounded weird, but now it sounds completely normal. But we just wanted a European feel. Well, Billy, let me ask you, what is your personal connection to soccer? First and foremost, uh, travel. Really, traveling got me into it because it's an international language. That's a good way to put it. International. It, it really is. So you, you can, travel around to different games? I got the travel bug and traveled around Europe. But I think it was in Poland. I was watching the, the Champions League final like in <laughs> in Poland. Wow. And I see everybody like going crazy, and I was like, wow, can, 
some to this. It's very it's very <laughs> infectious. I went to the 2006 World Cup in Germany, and I had just never experienced anything like that. I mean, I had I had gone to the U.S. World Cup in '94, and that was great, and you could get a taste of what the international flair is in the world of football. But seeing it in Europe was a whole nother level. Hey, Jeff, how about you? What's your personal connection to soccer? Uh, really, mine wasn't a lot until the tavern opened. I mean, I paid attention to it growing up, but you could only really... All we had was Soccer Night in America on Friday night on PBS. So, you know, you get one German game a week, <laughs> you know, that as a little kid I would sit and watch and be like, you know, wow, what's this? What's going on here? But then once we opened and I started seeing all these people coming in and, hey, are you guys really going to show soccer at 6 a.m.? Or, you know, I thought man, these guys are pretty crazy. And then they start showing up at 6 a.m. and 7 and 8 a.m. And I'm like, wow, this is the most dedicated, supportive fan group of any group of – because I love all major sports. I watch them all. And, I mean, but the fans in soccer are so dedicated. They are so much more dedicated than any other fan. I don't care what you say, folks, sorry, but (laughs) soccer fan is the number one most dedicated fan there is. Just to even get a watch it, they have to get up at 6 a.m. And then sometimes you have to stand in line to get into this place. You do have to stand (laughs) in line. Or, you know, I mean, we've got a decent size inside, but, you know, people sit outside. And I remember the first few years were like, no one's going to come in. It's cold. Everybody. (laughs) They'd come in, there'd be no one inside. And they'd all be outside in the snow watching it on the TVs outside. And you're just like... All right, this is great. You know, what a bunch of great fans. Yeah. So how do you handle that when you have a game you know is big? Do you just, you know, let it first come, first serve? Or you do a lottery? Well, uh, it is first come, first serve. <laughs> yeah. Usually I'll talk to other owners on taverns up the street, and I'll be like, hey, guys, I know for a fact today we are going to be one in, one out. If you open up at noon or if you open up at 1 o'clock, I will fill your bar. And they do, and they love it. You know, it's like, it's great. They... I'll just get a hold of a couple of them and just say, look, guys, if you'll open up, I guarantee you're going to have 250 people in there. Just all you got to do is tell me the word, and they will. Because, you know, once you get in here, no one's leaving. So if you're in line, there's really no way to get in. No one's going to leave. You know, like the USA game coming up here this next Monday. The game's at 1 o'clock. We'll be one in, one out at 8 a.m. So they'll be here five hours before the match. Absolutely. And that place will be packed, packed at 8 o'clock in the morning. Packed to the gills. There's two other matches to watch, so, you know. Right. Now, okay, that's Monday. But then Friday, it is England versus the U.S. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that. You have a lot of English fans here in St. Louis, not to mention, of course, the U.S. fans. How are you going to handle that? Close the street down. There you go. Invite 1,500, 2,000 of our best friends. That's basically what we do. We shut the streets down. The city's pretty nice to us. We'll, we'll be shutting the streets down twice for this World Cup. We'll be shutting them down Friday for the USA-England match, and then we'll shut them down again for the final. Um, but, yeah, that, you know, and we get together. We have a good partner with Urban Chestnut. They'll come out here, and we just turn Morgan Ford into a soccer viewing area, and it is unbelievable. The atmosphere is unlike anything that you'll ever see. It's just crazy. There's such momentum around soccer in St. Louis right now because of the MLS franchise. Can you talk a little bit about why soccer is so big in St. Louis? Definitely the, the history is here. The 1950 team. For those who don't know about the history of it, the, the 1950 World Cup um, eight, team. Eight members uh, were from the Hill neighborhood. <laughs> and that's where they practiced. Yeah. They go and defeat England. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of guys from here. From St. Louis. Basically, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
but I think just in general, like St. Louis, obviously the the soccer is ingrained in us. But if you do anything in St. Louis well, people will get behind it. This place has just adorned with soccer gear. Where do you get all this stuff? Really, uh, mostly it's customers slash friends because they've become friends. I've brought in almost all of this. Wow. I mean, it, for those yeah. who haven't been here, I mean, it, the walls are covered with jerseys and flags and scarves and pictures. And it. it's just a, it just invites you in. If you're not in the world of soccer, well, you are now <laughs> when you come yeah, in Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, uh, we, we had a, a pub crawl come through a couple weeks ago, and it was a scavenger hunt. And almost all the teams got bogged down here because – there's so much on the walls, they couldn't figure out like what they were supposed to find. <laughs> That's General Manager Billy Holly, along with owner Jeff Lyle of the Amsterdam Tavern in the Tower Grove South neighborhood. We'll continue our conversation at 920 when I'll ask about rumors that the Amsterdam might be expanding. You can also hear the entire interview at KMOX.com later this morning, as well as on the Odyssey app. The Amsterdam should sound something like this tomorrow when the U.S. plays Wales. It is now 922. We're at 30 degrees downtown at the Arch on our way up to 42. And then warmer uh, the early part of the week, temperatures in the 50s all the way into Thanksgiving. Next time somebody says St. Louis, what's St. Louis got? Well, let's get back to this week's roaming St. Louis destination. Remember last week we were at the opera? Well, this week we're at one of America's best soccer bars, the Amsterdam Tavern in the Tower Grove neighborhood hood right here in St. Louis. I sat down with owner Jeff Lyle and general manager Billy Holly and got down to business. You know, there's this new soccer stadium in downtown St. Louis. I heard rumors that you guys are looking at maybe expanding. Is that on the table? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, You know, they can't build a soccer stadium and not have us down there around it. I was so, going to say. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some, uh, some news here real quick, but yeah, we will be down there by the stadium. We'll have a new place. Um, you know, what we do is mainly European soccer focused. So the MLS for us is a whole new ball game. Basically what it means is on Saturday and Sunday when the seasons overlap, we'll have soccer matches on from 6 a.m. until midnight. And it's going to be unbelievable. It's, it's just a whole new revenue stream for us. Because, you know, without a team, people aren't really paying much attention to the MLS. I mean, if you don't have a dog in the race, what do you really care? We'd try to show MLS. People wouldn't come in and watch it. Uh, but now that we have a team... It's a game changer. I mean, the whole thing hit the reset button, and, uh, you know, we're going to start having European and American soccer on all the time. So. You heard it here. They'll be downtown near the stadium, so you'll have lots of options, and all of those places will be filled. Absolutely. Every, there's enough room for everyone. Hey, look, for years and years, my partners and I have sat around <laughs> wondering why someone else didn't open up another soccer bar. I mean, now, granted, it's not the easiest thing in the world to open you know, with your crazy hours, you got to open up and, uh, you know, being there's a lot of days we open at 6 a.m. for a Bournemouth versus Watford game and no one shows up. But you have to be open. 
just in case there's mm -hmm. one person that comes in here that mm -hmm. wants to watch Watford, you have to be open. And then maybe why is the, that? Why why do you believe? Well, that? because I'll tell you what we we found a couple times earlier when we thought ah, maybe maybe we won't open up early today. That game's no good. And then you hear from one or two people, and you think, all right, we we just have to be open no matter what. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We've got to do it. The fans expect it, and. You know, it work, It works out because then people realize it. I hear yeah. of other places that have temporarily tried to become soccer bars over the years, and they just open for one game or here. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. It's funny you mentioned Bournemouth versus Watford. And that's English, and you would expect, you know, some fans there, even with the smaller teams. But I've been in here when there are games from South America, small countries that you wouldn't expect, and there are fans in here from those countries wearing those jerseys. That's Absolutely. what I love them all, yeah, the time. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's one of the coolest things. There's a diaspora, especially like Central and South Americans that live here. There's not like a, it's a, a barrio or a neighborhood. They're spread out. And so they, they literally wanted a, a place to call home. And, and that's one of the coolest things about it is when they say, when they come here and they watch it, like a South American match or something, it's like, this kind of feels like home, back home. And that's, it might sound cheesy, but I think it's really cool. Before we started this interview, guys, I saw you preparing. Oh, what do you have to do to get ready for this? Luckily, you know, we work together with all our suppliers because we can't hold enough beer and alcohol in here to, you know, service the customers every day. Because this is an all day, every day for the first 15 days. We're, we're open at 6 a.m., and we've got soccer games going until 3 o'clock, and it, it's packed every day. You know, 2018 was kind of like, all right, USA's not in it. What's it going to be like? What's going to happen? Is it going to be, are there going to be less people, or what's going to happen? The answer was no. no idea. <laughs> you could, it didn't matter USA wasn't in. We couldn't fit any more people in here every day, even if USA would have played. So it didn't matter, you know. So that's, you kind of realize, all right, let's make sure we have beer. Uh, we, you know, we order more bathrooms. We get ice machines. We run a lean deal here, you know. We don't really serve food. We lease our kitchens out. So we might have nine, ten guys that bartend here total. So when the World Cup comes, we have to get another 15 employees. It's exciting. It's like a little kid at Christmas. We're all excited. Tell me about the spaces you guys have. It's not just the tavern. You've got more space on this block. Well, we had an opportunity to buy the building next door. So what we did was we bought that building, opened another spot. Um, not necessarily soccer-centric, but uh, definitely all the overflow can go there. But, you know, for the World Cup, it's just basically going to be like in Amsterdam, too. So we combined the beer gardens out back, so we've got a lot more space out there. And basically, you can roam in between both places, and, you know, I mean, you can do anything you want to. So it's been a real bonus for us. And this will be the first uh, World Cup where we've got both places active. So that's going to be really nice to have. Yeah, that's a lot of extra room. And that's Trace Keys is Trace Keys, yep. But it doesn't serve Mexican food anymore. No, we've uh, changed out the food program. We serve uh, burgers, wings, fries, donor kebabs, real easy to eat stuff, kind of European street food. And finally, do you have a, any story that kind of stands out from your time here? Something that happened, a moment that you remember? Well, go back to Spain. I was here for the final. I had brought a paella. <laughs> I a brought paella? A paella. <laughs> Where we were running around with the empty paella pan like it was the trophy. <laughs> so, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, I guess I was destined to work here. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, I'd say it was just 2010 when, when Landon Diamond scored the goal against Algeria, I believe. And 
I'd never heard nor seen a crowd act like that ever in my life. I mean, there, we weren't serving beers. Everyone was watching. The clock was running down. Uh, you know, this was our first World Cup, and when he scored that thing, we didn't care that TVs were getting messed up. We didn't. I mean, beers <laughs> were thrown. People were yes, running yes. around. It was I the was. biggest mayhem I'd ever. I, I was just like this. I wow. Was <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it. I mean, that's where he just knew. Like it was on the map. I mean, we had people. I had neighbors over here going. We were about to call the police. We didn't know what was going on. It was so. There was such a roar for so long. They were like, we we really didn't know. Now now our neighbors are used to it. But back then they were like, what? Wait, what's going on here? We do, that's there's too much noise. Well, twelve years later, I won't be surprised if you hear another roar like that. I hope so. We we need a couple of roars. Jeff, Billy, Amsterdam Tavern. Thanks so much for your time. All right, we appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Jeff Lyle, Billy Holly. If you missed the first part, you can find it at the Odyssey app or KMOX.com. I'll have some photos there. The U.S. plays Wales in its first World Cup match tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.